Let me get the gyro combo and get extra hot sauce on that. With Bernie out here scalping tickets? What's going on here? Rick out here. Jeez. About to chat up with Bernie. Chat in conversation, Bernie. What up, 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 what up. This is your guy, Marcellus Ease. What up, my fellow Knicks fans? Happy Sunday. No snow. A lot going on right now. It's kind of crazy. Drop your two cent. A lot of thoughts on the mind, man. Let's speak, though. Phone lines is open. A lot going on right now. Julius Randle looking nice. I don't know. It's looking like the Knicks kind of got their star right now. But earlier this week, Julius Randle has spoke to what's his name, J.J. Redick. He kind of gave him some insight of what's going on with the squad on kind of like how Tibbs are running things. Uh, he's a tough coach if you <laughs> if you don't like to be coached or if you don't like to if you don't like to play or do things the right way. Then he's tough. Uh, but Tibbs, I mean, Tibbs is the type of guy that, uh, you know, he just expects a certain level, like you said, a certain level of professionalism. Uh, he expects you to do things the right way, uh, be prepared and do things the right way on a day-to-day -day basis. And if you don't want to do that, then it's going to be tough. Um, so, I mean, we go we go about practice uh, a certain way. We go about shoot-arounds and stuff a certain way. And uh, I respect it. And uh, I appreciate it because, um, you know, Early throughout the season, we're seeing the results of, of creating the right habits, doing things the right way. Honestly, man, he's not as much of a hard ass as people think he is, bro. Like, <laughs> the dude is like, the dude is super cool, bro. Like, you can talk to him, like, you know, he really, he really, he gonna kill me if he sees him. He really is soft, man. Like, <laughs> you can, you can talk to him. So I mean, Tim's, Tim's is dope, bro. Like, he's dope. He's really. Honestly, he's a player's coach. Like, this is this is the most fun as far as in the league that I've had playing for sure. Well, you know what's crazy? Before I leave the leave the phone lines open, Julius Randle's a gym rat. And he kind of says the culture of him being that kind of had an effect on the young guys. A lot of guys on the team right now are just grinding it out. RJ, you know, everyone else is kind of like in the gym nonstop. I mean, if you know one thing about Tibbs, like he loves dudes who, who want to who work. And you know, when dudes are coming into the gym, like this is the first time I've ever been on a team. Like usually like when I travel or I go on the road or something, whatever it is, or I come back at night and shoot, uh, I'd be the only one like in the gym at night. Or I'd be the only one like when we leave and get off the plane, like that's going to the gym and getting extra shots up. Uh, you know, and this is the first time I've been on a team where we got multiple dudes, like damn near the whole team coming to the gym, uh, putting in extra work, uh, putting in extra shots and Tibbs loves it. And, you know, Tibbs love guys who are, who are gym rats and want to work. And, you know, 
that's like quick and those guys, uh, OB, Kev, all those dudes, they're gym rats, man. RJ, they're, they're gym rats. So Tibbs loves that about guys. And, uh, you know, that just that just installs a certain level of trust in them, even if you are a young player. You know, it's important this year that the guys get a lot of reps because with limited practice, a lot of teams are hurting right now. I'm not sure if you guys know the Pelicans right now. Their defense is soft. When was the last time you ever seen a Van Gundy team and Stan Van Gundy, one of the brothers, when in the hell did you ever see one of their teams have bad defense? Because guys ain't getting reps. So guys being gym rats is pretty good this season. And he, Randall was also asked about how the Knicks kept one of the best defenses so far this season. Like, uh, we, we said early on, like during the preseason games and even early in the season, we kept saying, like, and we knew, we kept saying like our, our our defense is ahead of our offense and that was just our thing from, from early on like we were winning games uh on the defensive end and i'll, I'll say this about uh just our coaching staff and tips and everything like this is probably the, the most like from a game to game like i haven't been in the playoffs yet unfortunately but from a game to game perspective like this is the most like detailed and prepared we are on each team like we come in like as far as like scouting report how we're going to game plan against people uh we obviously have our game to game defensive uh, principles and stuff like that but like as far as like the detail and preparation that goes into uh our game plan it's like it's crazy it's second to none and then like uh you, you know we said we don't have practice a lot honestly like we don't practice as much as hard like you said from from uh, playing every other day. Like shoot arounds are almost like our practices in a sense. Um, but yeah, the preparation and the, the attention to detail that Tibbs has on stuff is, is, is insane. You know, it's good to see that the Knicks maintain a top tier defense with limited practice. It says a lot in a tough schedule in the first leg of the season. Also, Julius Randle was asked about finally getting a home. Because as we all know, he was in that circus with LeBron James up in L.A. And Magic Johnson just let him go. So this is where the Knicks can actually get their come up and actually get a player that's off a of free agency that another team just fucked up. Like how we normally used to mess up when we let go of Trevor Reza and other guys. And other teams end up picking up these players and just they end up doing their thing. But Julius Randle was also asked about his input on the coaching hire, which I thought was mad interesting because the Knicks... Strategically, Leon Rose was trying to get guys to get the best out of Julius Randle. Yeah, it's funny, man. Funny story. Cause like when Wes, uh, when we were going through the whole, you know, process of like hiring uh, the coaching staff and all that type of stuff, Wes called me. He was like, you know, like what do you need? And I was like, was like, what do you need to be, you know, the player that you need to be? What do you need to be to get to that level? And I was like, I need a coach who's gonna push me and hold me accountable first off. And uh, you know, when Tibbs got the job, I thought it was a perfect fit. And uh, I mean, like like you said, not to knock any coach that I've had before. Uh, I play for amazing coaches who I still have an amazing relationship with. Luke, I have an amazing relationship with Alvin uh, and all those guys. Like, all those guys were necessary for the time uh, in my career. And uh, for me, I, I, I crave like Tibbs' coaching, uh, him pushing me, uh, challenging me. Um, because it, you, I know it's coming from a good place. Like, we want to win. And uh, I kind of feel like we're one in the same person. Definitely getting Julius's old coach and Kenny Payne is definitely paying dividends for the Knicks. 
And right now, I'm telling you, the Knicks are really prepared and going into the right direction. And also, the young guys this season, lucky for them, with Tibbs, they actually have a coach that has a game plan for every single team and is prepared every single night. And that's something that Julius Reno talked about, how he didn't have that early on in his career. And also, RJ didn't have that in his first season. And it's really helping the young guys this season. That's why they're playing so well. You know, like you said, for the younger players uh, on our team, and they they don't they don't complain like they they go about it great. Like they uh, they love it because it's all they know. But for them to have this type of like coaching and like you said, attention to detail, being prepared on a game to game basis, to have that early in their career, man, is like they don't understand how much of a blessing it is because you play for multiple coaches in your career, and you know I have two, and you know every coach is different. You know, and they they adjust to their team, but. You know, to have that type of detail, feeling prepared for every game, I feel like that's part of the reason. Like when I said earlier, when I said earlier, like we feel like we can win every game is because we're prepared. Like we feel like we know everything that's coming, and we feel like if um, you know we we stick to our game plan and do what we need to do, we're gonna win the game. It's definitely something that we haven't had in a long time, and this season we could clearly see the direction the team's going on. They look prepared every night, and they look confident as hell. So right now, overall, with Julius Randle, man, it's, it's good to see that he's having a great season. Like I said, phone lines is open. You guys hit up the link in the description below. Put in your email. The number will come up. Holler at me. 8th Avenue Conversations. Let's, let's talk over it, man. Let me know what's on your mind. A lot of thoughts on the mind, man. Let's speak, though. Julius, did we actually find our star, man? Jesus Christ. We about to luck up. Yo, in that first season, Julius was struggling with them turnovers, boy. As the best player on the team, he was just struggling with that. And this season, we've seen it pay off. Like, he really locked in. I mean, everything comes down to timing. I mean, lucky for him, the Knicks got Tibbs. They got Leon Rose. They got his old coach in Kenny Payne. It's all about that timing, baby. Not going to the offseason, like, I, I love the offseason because it's really a chance for me to improve uh, and work on my game. So I, I really crave it and, and look forward to it. Um, but it all really came full circle, man. It was that. Uh, it was the extended break. Like, we didn't play for nine months or whatever it is. So, like, I really got to, like, dig in and really, you know, get better. Uh, and then it was it was a combination of Tibbs uh, coming in and, and the, the coaching staff with, with Kenny Payne, like, being familiar with him. Like, and, and a person who really knows me. Uh, I mean, all of that, man. Like, uh, all of that, you know, kind of worked together and it's really, uh, you know, worked to my benefit. But, you know, I just, I just, um, I just always enjoy, like, the, like I said, the off season, man. And uh, last year was a huge learning experience for me as a player being put in a position for the first time uh, in my career. And to be able to, uh, you know, come back and, and learn from that and get better. I'm not sure if some of y'all remember the player Tim Thomas when he used to play for the Knicks. Man, it hurt my soul to see him go to Phoenix and just, he was killing. I'm just like, yo, when is that going to happen for us? I'm telling you, Julius Randle is looking like it's happening for us right now. But it's like, is the fan base going to be satisfied enough of just getting a star by like, by like, you know, not the usual methods through free agency. They're going to be like, oh, we just kind of lucked up on this player. Is this for real? Is it too good to be true? I mean, you guys, let me know what you think. You know, drop your two cents.
Let me know what's good. Let Bernie know what's good, man. <laughs> Bernie about to get a hot dog with us, man. <laughs> Bernie knows brick out here. <laughs> now, in all seriousness, the Knicks, man, going forward, the month of February is looking, it's looking promising for us, especially leading up to the games right before the All-Star break. We got some winnable games against Golden State again, Sacramento, Indy, Detroit, San Antonio, and Detroit again. I mean, the league definitely fucked us over with the first half of the scheduling, but we lucked up. We didn't get too many guys going through protocols for the pen, from the pandemic. So it is what it is. But you guys, let me know what's up. What's good, man? 8th Avenue Conversations. Let me know what's on your mind. Drop your two cents. A lot of thoughts on the mind, man. Let's speak, though. Once again, the number is in the description below. Once you put in your email, the number will pop right up. Give me a call. Let me know what's up. Now, I don't know how we lost the last game. That was definitely a fumble right there. Because we got to try to pick up and dominate some of the teams that we should beat. To at least try to make that that eight seed. Or kind of stay in that pack, that middle pack between like seven through ten. Because it's going to be tough, man. Miami's coming up. The Raptors eventually are going to get on cue. So somebody's going to get pushed out. Atlanta's kind of up and down. It's it's really hard to judge the Atlanta Hawks right now. They spend a lot of money in the offseason, but I'm not sure like what's going on with that squad. They might have too many of the same thing on the team. Sort of like Brooklyn in a way. Except they don't have like mega stars, but But also just let me know if you guys also think this tanking really even work in today's era. With the league changing the rules, they don't like teams tanking. I guess it's hurting their ratings. They kind of switched up the rules and it's just, you know, unlucky for us. The year that we should have had the first overall pick, they changed the rules and we end up falling into number three. So right now, just tanking to take a mega lottery shot into getting a player. And at the same time, the players are coming into the league extra young. They take a lot more time to get more polished. So would tanking really work in today's era? Because I noticed this season, the Knicks are not really trying to tank this season, going into a strong draft with a possible second pick from the Dallas Mavericks. So yeah, also let me know your thoughts on Julius Randle and also the tanking situation. Do you think that guy, do you think the uh, tanking situation works in today's era?
Ha, no name. We got snow tomorrow. This shit is endless, man. Reginald G, I only talk about what's really important or whatever I think I want to talk about, man, because I'm not going to focus on every every little detail. But if you want other content, you could check out Orange Cookies, man. I talk about stuff around the league. I kind of post on that more daily. But when it comes to the Knicks, I just kind of focus on certain key points. I'm not going to throw in filler, filler stuff. I'm just not going to do that. But what up, though? Give me a call, man. Let me know what's good. Yo, yo. Yo, what's good, Pan Nick? What's good, what's so, good, man? Yeah, you, you call me Marcellus, man. You call me Marcellus. <laughs> oh, for real? Yeah, yeah, Damn, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. Well, is, who this, right. Greenhouse? <laughs> it's Greenhouse? Yeah, let me figure, um, would you got a different number on there? Nah, nah, same, same, same old, same old number. All right. Yeah, I don't know why they picked that one up. All right, let me, uh, I'm going to go back to the site. No, nah, no, nah, it's straight, it's straight, man. Um, what's up, man? Let me know. What's what, what do you think about this Julius Randle situation? You think we found our star? Or what? Oh, yeah, yeah. I want to say definitely, man. I mean, I know as Knicks fans, everyone's looking for that big splash. But I mean, you look at those numbers. I mean, what they say, the only other person with those numbers is uh, the Joker. Um, you know, I don't even think AD. You know, I'm not saying he's as good as AD, but. I don't think even AD had those numbers um, maybe before he, he went down. Um, so, yeah, man, just him making plays better. You know, I didn't think he'd be able to have his assists. I remember uh, one of the Knicks fans, this guy's name, he was talking about him having six assists. I was like, ah, I couldn't see that happen with Randall. You know, I know he could put up the points and the boards, but the fact that he's making his teammates better, mm -hmm. um, you know, and he should get that all-star game, you know. If he doesn't get that all-star game, you nah, know. he de he definitely There's got to be something wrong. Should. There's got to be something wrong with, with you know. There's just got to be something wrong. As far as the code, I, I wasn't expecting the, the, the fans. I think we don't have enough fans, but I just didn't expect that. But as nah, far as you, the, we, um, we definitely have enough fans. The coaches. We, we have enough fans to get them in. Yeah. But it's, you know, it's as if they're going to vote, you know, for him because they end up voting for, like, you know, the guys with the bigger names. But... Going back to Julius Randle, man, just his performance. I think really it's going to be easier to judge him if the Knicks are winning games. You see, if he's putting up those good yeah. numbers and we're winning and we're winning slightly more games than, you know, we're predicted to win, then it looks, you know, yeah. slightly better. But if we're losing and he's putting up numbers, then he's going to kind of be like in that Kevin Love situation in Minnesota where guys are putting up mega numbers, but they're not even making, you know, a budge for the team to even make the playoffs. So it's kind of hard to judge it. The team kind of has to yeah. be more successful, you know, with him putting up numbers, then, you know, it's a, it's an impact. So I think that's really, you know, that's how I'm looking at it. I'm just like, yo, let's just win some more games. If he's putting up numbers, we're winning games and this could really be some shit. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, people say, oh, the seven speed or whatever, but you know, I, I, I was, I was thinking just with the East, I mean, I know it's hard to predict it early, but I was like, you know, they gotta I said they had to at least get that play in, man, because it just looked bad. I mean, even if we weren't doing as good as we are, it just looked bad for them to have a play-in tournament. And I keep on saying this. Some people like it crazy, but I think, honestly, that play-in tournament was kind of for New York. I mean, for us, because 
You think about it you just sure, helps the you league. Sure, you sure it wasn't for with, Zion, without man? having that playoff money. You know, it's just it's a lot of revenue. You know what I mean? So for us to not even make that tenth, I was like, we got to do that. But but now I could easily see us. I mean, we're at seven right now at not full capacity because I don't feel like the team is at its peak yet. So I mean, if they could get solidified like a fifth to six seed, I mean, you you got to give it up to them because that's that's crazy. Now fifth we fifth or no six seed is 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 definitely uh, going up there. I mean, Randall could get a big payday if the Knicks make it up there because then then they'll be yeah. swimming in the pool with teams like Indiana or even Miami if Miami gets gets back on their p's and q's, but. That 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 bottom tier, we should be swimming like with like teams like Cleveland, the Hawks, you know, Toronto, yeah. kind of looking from the outside in. You know, we should be yeah. swimming around there because you know that's basically where we're at right now as far as we in, in our in our rebuilding phase. But I don't yeah. know, man. Going just going back to Randall, man. It's just like you know, I just think he could get a big payday if they see the impact as far as like the win column. Yeah, no, I agree with that, and, and you know, just his overall game. I mean, I mean. We all know it. I mean, I speak for myself. You know, I'm sure I know you watch all the games. Well, you know, it's not easy to watch all the games. But I mean, I've literally had the league pass. Probably haven't missed a game for like, you know, I can't remember. Maybe when I was back in college, I might have missed some games. Mm-hmm. And even then, I would go to the home games because I was uh, I was at CW Post on Long Island, so I'd try to catch some home games. But um, yeah, right now I ha- I haven't seen a team play play to this ability. You know what I mean for a while, and you know I just feel like um, having a guy like Randall and just what he's been doing with the three that three point shot too. That's another thing. Yeah, that's I didn't think new. he'd be able to get to the point. I mean, now you you don't even think he's in a miss. At least me personally, when he shoots that, you kind of feel like it's going in. So you know him able to stretch the floor, and he just took his game to a whole nother level. You know, he was giving tips a lot. Well, I, you, you had the um. The audio up. I mean, he's giving Tibbs a lot of credit, but you could tell he's putting that work in. You know. Yeah, and, and that and that Kenny, and he's, and that he's Kenny Payne hire is so. also is also pretty good for him. That the Kenny Payne hire is really paying dividends right now. Yeah, I thought that was. I always thought that was a good move because people didn't realize. And another thing about Kenny Payne, um, because a lot of people talk about his development, but from what I heard, you know, he's usually the the head recruit when it comes to um when it comes to um, Kentucky basketball. Like, he's usually, from what I heard, um, I remember one kid I had in, because um, we do a crossover mission out here, he had Kentucky come down. He said, a couple of different people told me it was Kenny Payne who kind of, like, he's the dude who's going to show up at your grandma's house or somewhere. He's going to be in it. He's going to come busy, you know. And then the whole thing with Coach Cal, that'll happen later. I mean, I guess Coach Cal goes to a lot of, like, the um, like the Jordan Classics, and he'll, you know, all the coaches go to those games, mm-hmm. but that's another thing people don't as much as he is a development i think he's one of those guys you kind of have in the room you know maybe not with the bigger free agents but maybe with some other players so he's got a lot to offer you know yeah definitely you know which is big him being kentucky but i feel like a lot of times people talk to like oh you know he's a development he's a big man coach it's like nah this dude's actually like most of those guys that played for Kentucky, he had a big hand in getting those guys to sign. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not hard to want to sign the cat to Kentucky, but there's a lot of teams out there. You know what I mean? There's a lot of options for some of these players. So, you know. So, so what do you think about getting him long term? Do you think uh, like do you Randall? think him him next to RJ is what 
is what is what you know is best right now because that free agency pool for 2021 is looking bleak now so it's like yeah what else is out there it's gonna yeah i would just go ahead and yeah i think they'd be crazy not to sign him i I think a lot of fans are worried about him. Me too, about the money. But you just pay. You pay him. You know, I don't think he's going to ask for anything crazy because, you know, obviously he wants to get paid. But he knows in order to have a team, you know, um, I think he'll be fair about it. And maybe they do something where, you know, it, it's a um, bottom-heavy contract. You know, maybe he's not getting as much, you know, 2021 and 2022 but maybe in 2023 or something he gets a big extension or i mean um sorry a bigger um bigger piece of the pie you know what yeah. i mean how, how old is randall by the way he's like 26 27 i'm gonna say randall's like 25 man oh really wow so you know you still got him in this yeah he's not even you know you think like he's like he looks older for his age you think he might be close to 29 something i think he just turned 25 too or maybe he turned 26 this year, but that's that's still young, you know. Yeah, that's that's definitely so, a Magic Johnson slip up. He just wasn't supposed to let him walk away for nothing, especially when he yeah, went to the Pelicans. I mean, teams, he was he was killing. Do that every, you know, teams do that all the time. They act like we're the only team that makes. You know, a lot of teams do that. You know, they just they they get tired of a play. They don't think they're gonna be as good, and then, but yeah, it was a good pickup. You know. Yeah. yeah, let me, let me get your opinion on this tanking situation, man. Like nowadays, you know, with the tanking, like, do you think it works in today's era? Seriously? Not yeah, not since the Pelicans and you know other teams you've seen just kind of jump up. You know, I don't think it's worth it. But you know, the fan perspective, I'm not gonna hate on it. If you you know, everyone's not a draft guy, and I know some people are like. Oh, you know, you got this draft going on. It's another draft. You know, these kids are supposed to be good, but this class is a is a really good class. You know what I mean? But at the end of the day, I feel like you know the so, best so they thing say. for the Knicks so they is to say. make the playoffs. You know, to change the culture. If you go into the draft again, lottery especially, it just doesn't look good to me. You know. Now, of course, you could get Cade or you get uh, who's out there, Kaminga, Suggs. I mean, I. Personally, even uh, Jalen Green, I think any of those players are going to be franchised, but are they really going to give you what a Randall's going to give you or what somebody could get in free agency right now? Or And then you never know. So I'm not, I'm not a big fan for the tank, for, uh, tanking, man. What was the last players, team to actually we win like, when, like, when it comes to no tanking? The playoffs, I do. But yeah, let me ask a question. What was the last team that tanked and ended up winning like everything? End up winning a championship off mm -hmm. of tanking. You have to go yeah, back to like question, Matt, yeah. maybe yeah, the that's Lakers not really and gonna... Magic. I'm breaking up a little bit. You hear me? Yeah, yeah. I, I you, you hear me? Yeah. Yeah. What was the What was the last team that tanked and won the championship? Like I'm I'm trying to figure that out because I remember the Lakers got Magic yeah, Johnson, but you know, and then they went they went to the championship, I believe, that year, or, or maybe they didn't. Maybe they went the year after, but I don't remember a team. That tanked, got a player, and then won the championship. You can't really even say Cleveland because yeah. Cleveland let go of LeBron. Then they lost for like the next four years, and they got first round draft picks, and he ended up coming back. You know what I'm saying? Like, so that's not really a tank to championship situation. Yeah, it's like nowadays. I feel like it's not really, but like the only way I can see it being worth it if you're a team like um, 
I hate to say it's the Wizards because they could have been a lot better. But you know, if you're if you're like 15 seed right now, I mean, I don't know. I'd go ahead and, and miss drafting and get a top player, but I still it's not. You still might not get those guys. You know, you still might get seventh, eighth seed or something, and now you're stuck. There's still good players in this draft, but to me, if you don't get those top five guys, I mean, it's kind of like, you know, what did yeah. you do it for, you know? So, but also, I'm not a big fan of it, but I know a lot of Knicks fans in this draft, you know, and again, I can't hate on it because I, I like the draft, but at this position right now, just make the playoffs, change the culture. You never know what's going to happen in the playoffs. Like, I don't care what anybody says about, oh, you know, we're just going to make the play. If you get in that playoffs, like, anything can happen. Like you could sit here and be like, oh, there's no way we could beat this team. There's no way we could beat the Celtics. You never know. It's a seven-game series. I'm not going to say we're going to go to the championship, but we might just make some surprises, you know. Wait, hold so on, hold 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 on. Do you think, do you think the Knicks should be tanking this season or no? No, no, no. I don't agree with it. Not this year. No. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, because that's that's really a tough call because, like you said, the draft class is allegedly supposed to be good, but, uh, but you know, right now they the, the staff that they got with Tibbs and just the staff the yeah. staff around him and Leon Rose, nothing spells tanking with that type of you know with yeah. those type of people what? in the building. Once we got those guys, I I, I you know and I, you know you got all types of chats. I mean, I'll. I, you know, I'm, I'm not into arguing, but I watch enough Knicks. I'll, I'll argue with, with anybody about it, but at certain points, like, however you think, but when I seen Tibbs and then you see Leon Rose, I mean, these guys, they're not, they didn't come here to just, you know, um, lose. And I understand the rebuilding, but I've never heard that from this manager. Like, I feel like when people talk about development and rebuilding, um, I heard that last year from Perry and, um, and, um, Mills, but I've never heard um, Leon Rose come out and be like, "Oh yeah, we're gonna try to develop our youth." I've never heard anything like that. Yeah, that's a good point. So it's kind of like a lot of people assuming it, but when you look at Tibbs, I mean, does he does he look like a guy who wants to come here and not make the playoffs? And, and then you look at Leon Rose. I mean, this guy's basically a super agent. You know, it's not like he has fringe players. All his players are top guys, so mm-hmm. he's used to being successful. I mean, you know, it still takes time, but I, I don't. I never seen them trying to take a even. Even now with this Beal trade, like people are like, oh, we might stand pat. I, I feel like they're not gonna give the farm away, but if they have a chance to make a splash, they're gonna make a splash. Like, yeah, I mean, I mean, another but another thing, another thing with the tanking is that there's a major, you know, generational gap with not even that many years in between players. Like you look at what happened with Kyrie in Boston with Tatum and, and Jalen, you know, there's like a, you know, there's like a clash between, you know, certain players yeah. of like, you know, depending on what point they're at in their careers, like Kyrie already won a championship, Jalen Brown and Tatum trying to establish themselves in the league, maybe make an all-star team, you know, like sometimes when you tank or like you have a fresher, you know, batch of young players and you put like a, a kind of mid-level veteran guy like Kyrie at the time, there's like a clash sometimes, you know what I'm saying? Like if like let's say the yeah. the Knicks tank and they got the first overall pick, like where Julius Randle is at versus where this new upcoming draft pick is at is such a major gap. And then RJ Barrett, even though he's kind of in the middle, there's still almost a big gap yeah. between him and that rookie because that rookie's coming in so fresh. 
You kind of see it playing out in Minnesota. In Minnesota right now, it's sort of playing out that way. If you look at the the, the the Timberwolves and then even the Golden State Warriors with their first overall pick, there's a major like gap between the young guy freshly coming in because he's coming in so raw. You know what I mean? Yeah. Versus like even a mid-level, you know, four-year player, there's such a big gap. It was it used to never be like that, but I don't know if the G League can help it, but there's like, you know, there's certain nuances within tanking that's kind of funny right now. Yeah. No, that's true. Like you're right. You you got players on different timelines, and then even like you said, even if they're the same age, like you know, imagine being an R.J. Barrett and then a Cade Cunningham comes in. Like, are they gonna get along? It's like, you know what I mean? Do those personalities even click? Like, you know, I mean, I know everyone's like, you know, go for Cade or you know, say fade for Cade or whatever. But I, I mean. I don't even know if those two guys really fit together like that. You know what I mean? I mean, it would be a dynamic backcourt, don't get me wrong, but, I mean, if it doesn't work or, you know, if RJ feels like, oh, this guy's going to come and take my shine or whatever, it's just, it's, it's difficult when you, like you said, there's so many different elements when, you, when you're dealing with that draft, you know? Yeah, like 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 like, like you were saying earlier, if, if, if the Knicks somehow got Bradley Beal, let's just say somehow they got him, like, RJ didn't yeah. really even establish himself in the league yet. So he's sort of kind of trying to take over, like, the, the Knicks wing position. Like, I'm the dominant guy. But Bradley Beal comes in. Yeah. You know he's going to chuck up at least, like, 28 shots or, like, you know, 25 yeah. shots a game. Like, there's going to be a clash there. And then Bradley Beal's like, yeah, you know, how dare you try to step over me? I've been in the league yeah. for, like, almost nine years. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's, like, you know, it's, it's kind of funny when you have young players. Like, like I said, with Kyrie and the Boston Celtics, a lot of people should pay attention. There's a major clash that happens when you have a lot of young guys, especially like kind of early draft picks, coming in, mixing them in with like guys that are like four, five, six years into the league. It's it's weird. Yeah, yeah and then you know you guys think too, you got this chemistry, which which I get. You know, I'm a fan for that, but I just feel again, you got to look at who you're dealing with. And, you know, you look at, uh, you got the World Wide West in there, too. I mean, this guy, because um, I was thinking the other day, I don't think he's ever worked for an NBA team, like had an official job. Mm-hmm. But he's had he's had an impact on some of the biggest trades. So you think, like, him actually being affiliated with a team, you think he's not going to make a big trade. You know what I mean? Like, I, I just don't see these guys sitting around, Especially when there's available players, you know, like I wouldn't be surprised to wake up and hear we 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 acquired Beal. Now I understand, like you know, people worry about the farm, you know, giving up the farm, but they don't strike me as those type of guys either. It's gonna be like, you know, yeah, you might get RJ or you might get Mitch, but you're not gonna get like some some fans are like, oh, if we get Beal, we gotta give him RJ, Mitch, Obi, first round pick. It's not going to be a fleece, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, if we make that deal, we're going to make a deal that works for us, you know. And another thing with the draft picks, I feel like if I'm a team, that's what I want more than anything. You know, I'll take a player, but, like, if you got first-round draft picks, I feel like that gives us a lot of leverage. And um, and the fact that you, you probably have more than two teams involved, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So Now, let, let me throw a monkey but, wrench at you. What... What if the Knicks don't even try to go, let's say, for a trade or anything like that? Let's just say they're trying to make a push this season to get at least in the middle of that pack. What if they go after one of these guys that potentially is going to get bought out, like a.k.a. Blake Griffin or even Drummond? Like, one of these guys is going to get bought out. 
And yeah. even even DeMarcus Cousins, now he's out. And now we have Mitch Robinson. You know, he's out for a couple of weeks because, you know, his injury. Are the Knicks going to try to, you know, look at some of these guys that got bought out and try to bring them in? Or is it going to, you know, present a new clash? You know, like, because Mitch yeah, is in a contract um, year. Yeah, I think I would. I, I think they're keeping their eyes on it. I just never really thought like that center position is the biggest deal for this team. But you know, talent wise, you know, it does it does help us out. Like I feel like the Marcus Cousins could like, you know, for the money. I mean, and you, I think he's a Kentucky guy too. So you know, you can't. That connection has already been established. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I wouldn't mind it, but you, like you said, you got to be careful because Mitch is coming back. You know, it's four weeks, but, you know, four to six weeks, but that's not that long of a time when you think about it. Um, and he's already had the surgery, so do you really want to bring in a center who's going to want time? Like, I know Drummond's going to want time. The Marcus Cousins, I still feel he'll probably want time, but he probably knows he ain't going to start. But um, I... I wouldn't put it past them though to make a small deal like that, but it just depends if it's gonna, how much is it gonna help the team? You know what I mean? I mean, and again, shit, they I did it for Rose, like, for like Derek a guy Rose. like a worldwide West. I feel like with Leon Rose, I feel like I could see him making a small trade because we obviously did, did the Derek Rose thing, but I feel like those guys are just <laughs> they're really ready to make some a big move if they can, like a bigger move, but. Yeah, but that free agency class is depleted, man. Like after after Giannis signed, yeah. it was basically just a domino effect. Everybody else signed yeah. their, you know, their 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 extensions and the 2021 class now is just really Kawhi Leonard and he'll probably resign. It's just that's pretty much it. It was a bunch of names yeah, yeah. that just went down to Kawhi Leonard. Like, damn. Yeah, like you said, it was kind of like a domino effect. That's why, you know, like I keep on mentioning the Beal, the Beal trade, and then um, I wouldn't be surprised at Oladipo, you know. I'm not sure if they're willing to give up much for him. I feel like Houston will want a lot out of that trade, but, yeah, you know, that, that, That's definitely another guy that's on the move. But again, like you said, you have a good, like right now we're in a good place, you know. So you don't want to do, do a panic sale, you know. But I feel like if an opportunity comes up where we could snatch a guy like a Beal or, you know, um, a borderline all-star player or all-star player, we'll, we'll probably try to make that move. Yeah, because at but some point... It's interesting. Yeah, because at some point, if, R, if RJ makes that salary. next step, if RJ makes that next step, the Knicks, are, they can't really look behind and keep drafting younger guys than him. They're going to eventually have to start getting more polished guys to surround them with. Because if True. he makes a next step this year and then next year again, it's like yo. At some point, mid season next year, you got to start putting better pieces around him. You can't, you can't keep putting these nineteen year old kids around him. Like it's yeah, it's not gonna work. I agree too. And then and then you look at the fact that I mean, I mean, how many young guys do we have? There's you know, you you got quickly. He's looking like a player. RJ is looking like a player. Mitch, I feel like you know, there's stuff he needs to do, but he definitely stepped up this year. Um, I think Obi's going to be fine. I just think Obi's he's more of a fast-paced player. Tibbs doesn't play that fast, so I don't know if they could figure out a second unit or just... I, I feel like with his work ethic, Obi's going to be good. So you, you have a bunch of guys, and then, you know, the jury's out on knots with a lot of people, but I feel like... I feel like management still values him, so, you know, he might... I mean, at that point, how many guys 
how many you know young players do you need on a team at that point? You know what I mean? And you still have um, we're still gonna have. I, I doubt we'll give up both of these draft picks in any deal. You know, no, even if we no. do, we have second no. round picks. So it's like <laughs> it's just a lot of. I don't know how many. Nah, I just feel like no. a lot of Knicks fans <laughs> really value these picks, and it's like at this point, like why not just use them as an asset option? Like, what are you doing with all of these young players now, and then going to get more young players? And I get it, like the talent, the talent level in this draft is pretty high, but so they say. They always say that, you know what I mean? Like, how high could it really be if everyone's coming in so raw? You know, nineteen. I mean, yeah. look, look at look at the the Warriors pick. He has no idea what to do most of the time on defense. So it's like these guys yeah, are coming yeah, he is in raw. Definitely raw. Yeah, it's like I, I I don't know. Like at some point, you know. Because it's because of the landscape, you know, it's just that the free agency landscape right now is not really that promising. So it's like either the Knicks are going to work them phones and just cut a deal, do a trade, or they're going to take advantage of some of these guys that's going to get bought out. Like, especially Blake, yeah. you know, at some point, Blake is going to get bought out. Yeah, I can see that happening. I can see that happening um, pretty soon with the Pistons and then. You got Drummond, you got Cousins. I think Cousins is definitely that. They said that's pretty much a done deal. He's going to be out of there. Oh, yeah, yeah, um, he's out of there. Yeah. But in, in the few weeks so. in between, like, right now, there's a slot for Cousins to kind of get some minutes at center for us right now. But once yeah, again, I mean, Mitchell's in that contract I wouldn't mind it, you know, personally, I'd do that trade in probably a heartbeat because I, I always valued him as a player. I don't know about his locker room style. Um you know, it was personality and stuff, but I mean, he's still, and you know, you could tell he's definitely gotten the shake with Houston. I mean, he hasn't been working out, but you could tell he's definitely young. Nah, nah, the, the Marcus Cousins is straight, man. People be putting that stigma on him, man. That's when he was younger. Like, he's straight, bro. Yeah. That locker room stuff, like, he's 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 a different player now, man. He's actually, got, yeah. I, I believe he got humbled a bit. All right. And then, you know, he stretches the floor. You got a center that could, you know, you can't leave him open at three point, get the three point line still. So, I mean, I definitely, yeah, I definitely explored that if that was a possibility. And you mean, it's not like you got to pay him a big amount of money, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, yeah. So. But I'm going to be sick if one of these guys end up going to the Lakers, man. <laughs> That's what I'm, I'm smelling that <laughs> right now. Like, they're about to get yeah. bought out and go I to guess, the Lakers. That could happen. Oh, I'm yeah, or, or the Nets, or the Nets, man. Oh my God! Yeah, how that? Yeah. How the hell the Nets could afford Andre Drummond? Like, how much money are they gonna spend? How many plays do you fucking need? Yeah, I don't know, but they're talking about that. So I don't know what type of deal they're gonna figure if they're gonna ship somebody out for them. I don't even know who they have to ship out anymore. It's funny though, as good as the Nets are on paper, they're just not. No one's talking about him like that. I mean, in New York, you know, I'm I'm down here in Florida, but like I get the papers, we still get the post down here because we got a lot of New Yorkers down here. I never see much on the Nets. It's like the Knicks are in the seventh seed, and they, you know, if they win tonight, they'll be on the back cover of the New York Post. It's crazy. Yeah, because you know, you know the way the Knicks with those three it's, it's top style, players, man. they don't it's even get, play. no, get noise like that. Yeah, the the way the Nets play, the Nets play sort of like a, a West Coast kind of finesse style that's not east coast you know the east coast basketball is not like that like look at the 76ers the way they play like that's the way you know yeah. east coast teams normally play it's like you know physical defensive you know the the, the brooklyn nets man you know they kind of have 
an image issue, man. They they always go away from what you know the team should be representing. And it's like they're too Mike D'Antoni ish. You know, it's too yeah, finesse. That's true. It's a lot of that. But on that team, it honestly works. But yeah, that's not the exciting. You know, you're not gonna get those defensive plays and. You know, I heard they were trying to pick up somebody for defense. I think um, Duke from uh, Thunder, Robinson, Robinson, and, but oh, that's God. one guy. I mean, I don't know when it comes to defense, man. At the end of the day, what they're going to be able to do. But on paper, I mean, you can't front on paper. That team is is crazy. It's crazy, <laughs> but, but but like, how many times you could just dribble through your legs and <laughs> step back, step back, step yeah. back, and it's like, come on, man. It's like you can't. You, they're really going to win a championship like that? Yeah. Yeah, I doubt it. I'd, I'd like to see when, you know, when they play a team like the Bucks or, uh, you know, the Heat or even Philly. I kind of have my doubts on Philly, but they kind of surprised me this year. Yeah, and beat is going um, – and beat is finally taking over, man. Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah, he went, he went off the other yeah. night. I think he off. is finally taking over. Cause I, cause I mean, it, it was the Bulls. It was the Bulls, though. So he should, but he still kind of just dominated. No, no, That's he's crazy. taking over, man, because they, they've been talking about, like, Ben Simmons was going to lead this team somewhere. I'm like, you can't rely on Ben Simmons. It's Embiid. He's the guy that could drop, like, 50 points, 20 rebounds. Like, Ben Simmons ain't doing that. Yeah. Like, what is Ben Simmons going to yeah. take, 50 layups? <laughs> true, true. Yeah, and plus I feel like he'd be more valuable on another team too. But I feel like Philly, they're gonna want you know as they should want a lot for him. Well, let's see how that goes. Yeah, um, but but you know what do you think about tonight's matchup against the the T Wolves, man? That's a very winnable game because that team is another team that's like, you know, the T Wolves is what I imagine if the Knicks just keep getting you know top picks and have no direction. Like if Steve Mills was still around. That would be our team. We would have like a bunch of top picks yeah. in with no direction. Yeah, the kid Anthony Edwards, I haven't been watching him too much, but it's just one of those games where, you know, we should just go beat them, but I just hope they don't give them a chance to beat us, you know. So I'm just hoping this game they've had some rest. Uh, I don't think they even had a practice, a full practice with uh, Derrick Rose um, since he's been here. They They haven't had too many full practices, so... Hopefully the bench clicks tonight, and I'm I'm just hoping this game is one of those games that just you know, you know by the third quarter, early in the third quarter, you know it's it's done. You know we got the win, so I'm just I'm hoping they do that tonight and don't even play with these guys. Yeah, most yeah most teams this right season now, most teams this season haven't had a full practice at all. Position. Yeah, like most teams this season, no full practices. Like it's 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 getting real it's getting real difficult for some of these teams. That's why you see a lot of teams like shooting crazy percentages because defensively, like teams that don't have enough reps, man. It's 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 a weird yeah. season. Like I, I played the sound bites earlier. You heard Randall talking about it. Like guys just gotta be in the gym nonstop because they're not really practicing like that. Yeah. No, it was cool he said, um, I heard that on your soundbite, too, about how the guys are gym rats, you know. And he said, a little, you know, mostly, that, well, we got a lot of young players anyway, but you mentioned Obi and uh, even Kevin Knox. You know, I'd, I'd like to see Kevin Knox get some more time, but, you know, we'll see what Chip does. Um, but it's good, those young guys, you know, they're self-motivated, you know, quickly and, you know, um, um, R.J. Barrett, they, you know, they, they're in the gym. And not everybody's not into that, you know. They'd be good players, but they're not going to be in the gym all the time. So 
That, that's a good thing about our team. And you could kind of see it. Like, um, somebody was saying the other day they looked tired. I think it was just their legs. But I feel most of the times I watch these games this year, you don't see our guys getting all winded and, you know, crazy, you know, sweating to crazy. They seem like, you know, they're used to putting a lot of time in practice. So yeah, yeah. hopefully that continues, you know. Well, and then we'll, we'll, you know, we'll get wins over teams just based on that extra effort, you know, that extra win. Yeah, so. yeah. What, what do you think about um, what's his name, uh, Julius Randle, talking about how Tibbs actually has a, a game plan, like a real game plan, detailed game plan per team every single night. Like he said, that's that's something that you know this is the first time in his whole career that he's had. Like you know, he's been in a situation where the coach is disprepared. And he says it's really helping the young guys on the team. What do you think about that? Because I don't think the Knicks ever no, had something thought, like that. Yeah, it hasn't been like that in, in ages, man. You know what I mean? Because I think that was a big thing last year. It's like, oh, you know, what's Fisdale do? You know, not to bring him up, but, you know. Um, so to have a have a coach that always, you know, he, he's a student of the game. That's the thing with, with a guy like Tibbs. Like, he's just all about basketball. So not to say other coaches aren't, but, you know, and then you could tell he has his staff where he's got the he's got the Kenny Bryans and he got he's got the um, I mean the Kenny Payne's and he's got the Bryans and um, the other guy um, I heard he's big in the film Adam Greer or whatever I heard that guy's big in the film mm-hmm. so he's got a lot of different you know we got you look at this coaching staff you know some of the people I never heard of some some I have but it seems like it's a good mix of everybody, you know? Yeah, there's, there's, there's a guy on the coaching the staff. Day. Wait, hold on, hold on. There's a guy on the coaching yeah. staff. Um, What's his name? He's out of Utah. He actually um created his own developmental program from the ground up, starting from high school. And then it was players from wow. the league that actually caught on to him. And he ended up working for the Jazz for like like 10 plus years. And now he's working for the Knicks. Like he, he oh, literally yeah, yeah, built Brian, his own yeah. development program. That's what's up. Yeah, I mean, it's a it's a real good mix of guys. Oh, yeah, I was going to say, even the, um, because, you know, I was checking in the beginning of the year, it's like they even changed the video guys, which, I mean, I, I heard it's pretty important, but it's like, you know, even the guys who, who are doing the video room stuff, they mm-hmm. just brought in all new, you know, from top to bottom. So, I mean, it, it's a little surprising for a lot of people, like, oh, the mix is, you know, actually doing well, but if you look at what they put in place, you know, it should be a difference, you know, a major difference. Yeah, so, for sure, for sure. Yeah, man, but... Hopefully that um, continues, you know what I mean? Yeah, but we, also, what do you think about Randall having input on the, the coaching situation? Because it seems like Leon Rose wanted uh, input to get Randall to be at the best position to get, you know, the most potential out of him. He asked him, like, oh, you know, yeah, what that do you mean? Though. Yeah, that that's a, that blew me away when I heard that, man. Like I was like, yo, I've never heard of a, uh, yeah, I've never heard of like a, a GM or you know president calling, you know, he definitely valued Randall to do that, and then I like how he was like, what do you need, you know? He wasn't like, oh, this is the coach we got, and pick from these three guys, or what do you think about these three guys? He's just like, what do you, you know? What do you think we need? What do you what do you need to be successful? I'm like, yeah, mm-hmm. like that's like <laughs> they definitely value him, you know. Which is, you know, coming into the season, let's be honest. I mean, I'll be honest. Like, I I thought he was either on the trading block or you know, you know, at least they look to trade him at the deadline. But now you actually have a guy that 
it seems top to bottom in the um, organization, they see him as the guy, you know. Yeah, especially with and the of top. Of course, he's going to need extra player or, you know, another star, but, yeah, that, that's pretty big. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they picked top in two, man, so it's like, what what are they really going to yeah. do with Julius if they're, if they're using their first over, you know, their first pick on yeah. Toppin? True. I think Toppin came, I want to say, I think Toppin came more down to, like, just the talent level, like, a, I feel like a guy like a Leon Rose, I mean, I'm sure other people had insight, maybe, um, what's his name, Walt Perrin, um, the scout from Utah, I feel like other people probably said OB, OB2, but I think Leon Rose was just like, I like this guy, I would sign this guy if I was an agent, you know, I see him having, because he already has the, um, and I knew Nike was going to sign him, like, I was just like, I just felt like, I'm like, Nike's not going to let this kid pass, I don't care how good he is, in the beginning of the year, I felt like Nike was going to sign him over anybody else. Um, but you already see it. Like, Nike's got him on the jump, man. Um, mm-hmm. He's coming out with sneakers. He's just that type of guy you could put on a poster. You could put – I felt like Leon Rose just wanted that one player, you know. And if it, ta- if it takes a year, if it takes a, a year and a half for him to get to be the dominant, whatever. But we have a guy who's going to have highlight reels who just has that look. It has that way about him, you know, that says says future star. Yeah, I think yeah. that's what it came to. And then when position, they're like, whatever, you know. And I'm sure Tibbs, because I, I feel like a guy like Tibbs, I mean, a lot of people don't want to see Obi at the three, but I can see Tibbs being like, yo, play both of them. Or, you know, five one, you know, five one on the bench now, bring Obi in for this. I don't think it it was a big deal to anybody in the organization about him being a power forward. You know what I mean? It was more about the talent level, I feel. Yeah, his jumper's going to have to improve uh, if he wants to play extra yeah. forward. Yeah, yeah, it's not falling. But I feel like I feel like once he gets it going, like that three can be a problem, you know. But he's definitely got to. Uh, I think he said um, Derrick Rose talked to him, and he was like, yo, he's like, you got to, they're treating you like they treat me. You know, you have to make those threes before they respect it. But, you know, he's like, take your time. Because a lot of times you see he does kind of rush that shot. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't, like, put up a ball fake or anything. He, he just, I wouldn't say he's raw. I just feel like the game hasn't slowed down for him yet. And that's that's kind of natural once it does. Um, I, I think he's going to be a problem. Once once he starts really, it starts clicking, he's going to eventually be a problem in the league. So Yeah, the same thing happened to Knox. Because Knox used to jump too early for a dunk. Once again, this is how raw a lot of guys are coming into the league. <laughs> you know, a lot of things yeah. they, they got to get used to. And that's, that's why I'm saying, like, does tanking really work in, in today's era with the one and done and, you know, guys coming in so raw and just, you know, you know, a lot of these guys play no defense whatsoever. Yeah, you know, and that that's one thing I like, you know, I'll be honest, there's a few things I was like, I don't know about Tibbs, like his rotation, but the one thing I was, because, you know, being, a, you know, playing ball growing up, I just always like playing defense. It's not for everybody, though. Like, this is, you know, there's obviously like NBA superstars who don't play defense. But, you know, I just felt like he would always, um, he was going to instill defense on the team. So, that was, uh, um, I think that's going to something he's going to expect from these guys. And I think that's a big reason we don't see not, you know, it's not really like the skill level. It's just, if you can't play D, you know, the way I want you to play D, you're not going to play. And that's just what it is. So, yeah, you know. 
What do you also think about Knox? Like, Kevin Knox, do you think some of that Kenny Payne magic that's working on Julius Randle, you think some of that's going to sprinkle on to Knox eventually? I'm hoping so. I'll be honest, like, I definitely, I'm definitely a fan. I'm definitely one of those Knicks fans. Like, I want him to get more minutes. You know, I'm not going to sit here and say yep. I'm the biggest fan of Knox to where, you know, he could do whatever he wants to do on the court. But, I, you know, I've seen games where I'm like, um, I think the biggest, best game I think I've seen him have was against the Bucks. Um, I can't say when that game was, but he had a real good game against the Bucks. I was like, damn, this kid, like, you know, he's hitting a three. I think he actually hit a three on, um, on um, the Greek Freak. You know, he was he was doing a lot. But I realized, like, he he plays a certain way, and he's got to get used to. It. You're not always going to be in transition, you know. You know, he's not going to be on the fast break. You know, you got to learn how to play basketball, you know, in um, in the half court and stuff like that. So, I, I I would hope so. You know, I'd rather see him be good in New York than not. But I feel like a guy like Tibbs, you know, you have a certain, you know, you have a certain leeway, and if you're not doing it the way he wants, you know. You're out of here. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping some of that practice time with uh, Kenny Payne and all these guys will rub off, will rub off on him, and um, he'll start playing better. It's only going to be better for the team. You know? Yeah, and also, and also, Julius Randle had mentioned like you know, the 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 long layoff in between the off season is what really improved on his game. You know, giving him time to break yeah. his game down. I remember hearing Steve Nash talk about that. How every off season he actually broke his game down and then built it back up. Mm. So I'm wondering if Julius Randle oh, kind of went through a similar process in the off season. Yeah, I mean, whatever he did, man. Uh, yeah, I see you though. Yes, sir. Yeah, I give him credit because I mean, it's you know he he's put up all star numbers, you know, and he's he's doing a lot of different things. It's not just one thing he's doing well, you know. So. That could continue. I think that's just going to be good for for the other players, um, for the team, and you know, hopefully, you know, you know, solidify a playoff spot. You know, yeah. which would be great. Yeah, the only thing I want him to do is cut down on that dribbling at the top of the key. That shit is scary yeah. as hell. Looking yeah, at him dribble, I'm like, yo, he's about yeah, to lose that crazy. shit. <laughs> yeah, I think. Yeah, I just think it comes down to somebody he can trust, you know. Hopefully, Derrick Rose could be that guy to just, you know, give him the ball, um, you know. But, yeah, he, he does tend to over-dribble and stuff. But, you know, hopefully he just gets gets better, you know, learn some things, watch his film. So, it would be good. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But, yo, we definitely got the next, like, seven games is definitely winnable. But, you know, the Knicks got to take advantage because that last game, you know, we should have never lost to Orlando like that. Yeah, you know what? It's funny. I was like gonna go to that game, and I'm so glad because I'm probably like probably like an hour away, mm-hmm. maybe maybe an hour fifteen. Yeah, I, I remember, was, I remember uh, you telling me about that. Game. Yeah. I'm so glad I didn't go there. I would have been. <laughs> I would have been angry. Yo, did you end up going to that Miami game? Like that. You end up going to that the, the the Heat game. The last. Nah, time? I didn't go to that one either. Nah, I didn't go to that one either. Yo, yo Jimmy so Butler. I might go to this next Heat game. <laughs> They got another one coming up, so I'll probably try to go to that one. Yeah, Jimmy Butler got to get Academy Award, man, for that last time we played him. He was oh, faking, yeah, man. That was this year. Jimmy boy, yeah, that was crazy. Oh man, that guy's a fucking character. Yeah, he is. Jimmy he is. Boy. But um, yeah, 
<laughs> that was crazy. And I thought we had that. I was like, oh, we're going to beat this. We're going we're gonna, we're gonna to get this one. But Yeah, RJ missed that you know, They mail. are that good. Like, I hate to say it because it's the heat. You know, I grew up, you know, living down, down South Florida. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously a lot of Heat fans, but I grew up hating the Heat. And I was like, you know. And then coming, my grandparents moved to Miami and like, 87 so you know i would always rock my next stuff so i get into it to all these kids down there but um yeah but the but the Knicks the Knicks yeah, were in clutch position to win good. both they're of those games the, the Knicks were in clutch positions to win exactly both of those games against the heat but they just didn't yeah. capitalize and sometimes i ask myself you know in, in 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 the clutch like who's the guy is it rj is it julius like who's yeah. like what do the Knicks actually you know do in in, in crunch time? Yeah, like who who's gonna make the who's gonna make the adjustment or make the shot? You know, I I'd like the RJ to start getting there, but you just I feel like sometimes the shots flat. You know, you you got to be able to make a quick decision in those moments. He had that Rockets game last. Oh, was it the Rockets? I think it was the Rockets game last year where mm-hmm. you know he did his thing. But you know, you got to be consistent. You know. You got to be consistent. And then I feel like both of those guys as players, they're not really looking for the pass, you know, where, you know, sometimes you might just be able to hit that, hit that guy at the three point line or hit that, that guy cutting. But I feel like when they have that last shot, they're going to take <laughs> most times. Like if it's RJ or uh, Randall, they're going to take that shot. Yeah. They got, they got so, tunnel vision. They got tunnel vision. Yeah. First time. So that's the only thing I wish they'd just start getting off of and, and you know, quickly too. I mean, he's doing great for a rookie. You can't take anything away from him. But you know, a lot of times I'm like, bro, you know, just you got an easy pass right there. Just look for the pass. But you know, he's either looking for that floater or that three, which I'm not gonna hate on because I mean, we definitely. I was a big fan of him um, coming out of college. Like I was actually really excited we drafted him. But you know, I don't think anybody. I'm definitely not gonna say I thought he this good right away yeah but i, I, so I definitely either. liked him as a prospect like i thought he was you know i thought he was better than maxi people argue that but you know we gotta see right now i'm quickly to me looking like the better player but um yeah yeah well, you know but, if he could if he could make some adjustments but he's doing he's doing great for a rookie he's doing great for oh yeah for sure yeah he's definitely overperforming for a rookie but uh but Ju- yeah. going back to julius and rj in the crunch time I believe this is the first time they actually, you know, got the green light and they're kind of jittery. You know, they got the green light to do their thing in crunch time, but they're kind of jittery at times and they take more difficult shots at the end. Like, yeah. it's like, damn, man, you could have either, you know, cr- you know, took a different route or just passed the ball. Like the shot you took is really difficult. Yeah, no, that's true. And I, I think another thing, some, you know, especially RJ, he's used to making those crafty shots sometimes, but it's like, Bro, you know, you're in the NBA. You know, I've seen them do it, but it's like you can't just be throwing anything up there sometimes, you know. He kind of thinks once he gets that left. I used to be like that with the left, you know, because I was good with the left like that. But at the same time, everyone knows you're going left, you know. So I just like for him to have a few more counter moves and, you know, look look for that pass instead of always just being, uh, like you said, tunnel vision with the shot all the time. I think that's going to make him a lot better. Yeah. All right, yo. I appreciate you calling. I'm about to leave the phone lines open, and then yeah, it's man. Almost six thirty. Appreciate it, man. Time. Definitely a uh, good show, man. You know, keep it keep it going. Hopefully, we get this game tonight. Yeah, definitely. You know, I love I love hearing from you know my fellow Nick fans. Like I always say, 
I love hearing from you guys. So just you know, let's 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 chop it up. You know, it's always good hearing you guys drop your two cent. Yeah. Like what's going on with the squad? Definitely, I appreciate it too, man. All right. All right, yo, take it easy. Peace, bro. Peace, brother. All right, peace. All right, I'm gonna leave the phone lines open for a few more minutes. It's almost game time. Got a few things to do prepared before the game. You guys, once again, the numbers in the description. Check it out. Let me know what's going on with the team. Give your opinion. Give your two cent. Let me know what's on your mind. A lot of thoughts on the mind, man. Let's speak, though. Yo, May 4th, what up, man? This guy be leaving the OD paragraphs, man. I appreciate it, though. I be, I be trying my best to go through all your stuff, man. You be leaving them essays, man, in them comments. Damn, May 4th be leaving them gems in the, in the, in the chat. Speaking facts. Yo, May 4th, you stay dropping the gems in the comments, man. Sometimes I be seeing that shit look like an IRS letter, man. That shit be long as hell. I be reading that shit though, man. A lot, of, a lot of good info you be dropping. All right, y'all. I'm gonna leave the phone lines open for five more minutes. Once again, the link is in the description below. Put in your email. Link. The number will pop up. Give me a call. Drop your two cents. And let me know what's good. Original G. I be dropping much more videos. You know, on my other channel, Orange Cookies. I just cover stuff around the league. I used to post it on this channel, but I realized it is pretty conflicting. So I just dropped it on a different channel. But check out Orange Cookies, man. I drop a bunch of videos on what's going on around the league every once in a while. Things that I see that's important that people might have missed. May 4th, you're actually right, man. Bill, Bill's been in the league for quite some time, man. And he hasn't really done anything. I think that's one of the reasons why Westbrook had an issue about kind of respecting him when he came to the team as far as saying, like, yo, I'm the number one guy. So it took Westbrook some time to, you know, just kind of let Bill do his thing because Bill really hasn't done shit. I think John Wall this season when he beat uh, Westbrook, that was the first time they ever, you know, he ever had a victory over him. So it shows you that him and John Wall, man, they're not, I mean, they're a good duo, but they really didn't really have a big impact on the league like that. Yo, EJ, this is your guy, Marcellus Ease, man. What's good? Yo, what's going on, brother? What's going on? Chilling, chilling. Yo, what do you think about Julius Randle, man? Drop your two cents. Let me know what's good. Yo, um, I, I want to say one thing about Julius Randle. Julius Randle, last year, had me so frustrated. Because <laughs> he, he, he always tried to, he always tried to do things like too hard like he was trying to do too much you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. and and this year i think that he's just doing things smoothly he's 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 taking the game slowly and he's doing passes that when i'm watching on tv i'm like i don't see no pass and then he makes a pass to the corner to reggie bullock or somebody for three I'm like, damn! How do you? How the hell you seen? He seen that pass? Yeah, yeah. The game is slowing down for for him. I, I guess he right, reached that, right. That, that that maturation age right now. Right, yo, this guy. Uh, I gotta give Julius a lot of credit because I was one of the first people 
that was saying, yo, we got to trade him by any means necessary. Trade him. I don't care what we get for him, but trade him. Yeah, I felt the but same nah, way dude. every time I see him dribble. Well, I'm sorry, what you said? I said, I, I, feel, I felt the same way every time I see him dribble on top of the key. Yeah, he was like forcing everything. He was like trying to do too much. I'm like, yo, what's up with this dude? Why, why is he doing that? <laughs> but nah, he changed up, man. He, he's, he's pretty like an all-star. I got to give him credit. Yeah, he definitely is, man. That's that, that's that long layoff, man. He said, you know, he basically broke down his game. I played the sound bites earlier, but that's what he was saying. He's like the 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 combination of the long off season, them getting uh, Kenny Payne, the tips higher, all these things combined, is the reason why he got a lot better. Yeah, no, it's it's definitely a big improvement, and not just him, but everybody on the team. Everybody's playing, but you know, with focus, they paid attention to detail. They playing good defense, and and they don't focus on just scoring. You know, if, if if we can't score, no big deal. We just try to stay in the game with defense. Yeah, yeah. And that's yeah. yeah. We we got the number three defense right now in the league. Right. Yeah. That's and, and and the thing that I like about this team is just that they focus on defense. You know, if we can't score, we can't score. But you know what? We're gonna try to stay in this game with defense. Mm-hmm. I guess our only weakness yeah. this season is, for some reason, I don't know why, but the Knicks don't really have a lot of transition points. You know, like even yeah, like that, off a of steal crazy. this yeah, season, yeah, it's, right. it's, it's weird. They don't have a lot of transition offense. Like they're 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 at the, they're at the bottom of, in the league when it comes to transition points. It's very strange. I don't know why. I don't know why is that. Right. I, I you know I I watch a few games and when they get like a defensive stop or. When the team shoots a three-point shot and it's a long rebound, they hold the ball. The Knicks hold the ball. They want to play slow instead of pushing it. You know, give it to your give it to your point guard, mm-hmm. and then let him kick it to the shooting guard, or let him kick it to the small forward. Just go faster. But nah, they just like they very you know slow. All right, I got the rebound. Where's Julius Randle? Give it to Julius Randle. Let's take our time. They're not really precise when it comes to the fast break offense when they get defensive stops or long rebounds or steals and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean, I'm like, give, I'm, to, give it to Peyton <laughs> or give it to uh, quickly. Yeah, or give, or give it to Derrick Rose. Derrick Rose. Hopefully Derrick Rose speeds some of that stuff up. On well, the yeah, Derrick Rose as well. Like, give it to Derrick Rose. Let's move. But what, what, I'm, what I'm trying to say is that um, if they make the pass to Derrick Rose, then Derrick Rose should know I got to pass the ball to Reg Bullock because uh, because Knox isn't paint. So if I pass it to Bullock and then Bullock passes to Knox, it's a dunk or a foul or an and one. You know what I'm saying? Fast. Yeah, yeah, they're definitely. I mean, it's it's strange because you would think with that with that number three defense right now, they get they would get a lot of transition points, but it's just right, right, right. But I'm I'm hoping right. Derrick Rose can change some of that, like especially with um I know Tibbs played you know in that especially that first Derrick Rose game, he combined Rose and um and quickly. I'm hoping that mm-hmm. you know that can actually change the pace of the of the, of the team of the game. 
you know, because like you said, mm-hmm. like they need uh, in transition to kind of attack the the basket much faster and make faster decisions. Yeah, uh, uh, we need to we need to make faster decisions, especially when they get long rebounds or steals or blocks. Yeah, but I'm wondering if if, if that's Mitch how Robinson always gets blocked. Yeah, but I'm wondering if that's how Tibbs. What if that's how Tibbs just, you know, his style? That's that's just the way he has it. The, the system that they uh, well yeah yeah that could that could be right mm, that could be true but it's just that if you watch the I know you watch the game mm-hmm. but if you see the games these guys got opportunities to get fast points fast but they don't move the ball they just slow it down they give it to uh Randall most of the time they give it to Randall and then he just slows the, the fast break he just slows it down. Yeah, because he's gonna do all that fumbly ass dribbling on top of the key, have everyone looking <laughs> looking yeah. shook, man. I know the whole fan base be scared every time they see him dribbling nonstop, trying to cross dudes over. I'm like, oh shit, this is about to be a turnover. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yo, that is some scary yeah. shit. Really looking at him, even though he's killing right now, but I just be like, yo, Randall, mm-hmm. stop dribbling. You dribbling too much, like especially in crunch time. You just be see Randall mm-hmm. like dribbling, like yo, you dribbling way too far away from like the hoop. You should be more down low. Right, right. And uh, what I prefer is that they give it to the guards and then give it to Randall when he's in the post because you know that's where he makes his money. Mm-hmm. He makes his money in the post. He's 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 definitely in the post. Yep. So give it to the guard, let him push it, and then give the guard an option. To give it to Randall the post, if it's double teamed, then he could kick it out to anybody in the perimeter, or he could just drive. Yeah. I so think... that's why I always like Randall to be secondary, not be the person with the ball, because you're taking away an option. Yeah. If he has the ball, there's no option because you have the ball. That's a be, good point. Be the person off the ball, so the guards, whoever is bringing up the ball, to say, you know what, I got Randall here. If not, I got somebody in the perimeter, or I could take it myself. So there's three options. But if Randall's bringing the ball up, now you're only giving two options to score. I think I, you know I, what I'm saying. Yeah, what you're, what you're saying completely makes sense. But I think I think uh, this is where Derrick Rose could possibly alleviate Randall from doing that because if you look at before Derrick Rose got there, they had quickly as an option. But he doesn't really have the crossover skills to like go, you know, get in the lane like that. And then they had Alfred Payton. When he does get in the lane, he's not a threat to score. So I think that's when that's why they went out and got Derrick Rose because once he once he penetrates, he's a threat to score, and he can make that additional pass. But the only the only issue with Derrick Rose is that he could probably only play like hard at least twenty to twenty five minutes a game. Yeah. Without you know being a liability on defense. He's scared to get hurt, I think. He doesn't want to get hurt again, so he takes his time. He goes full full speed, and then he just relaxes. Because he doesn't want to get hurt. I think, I don't know if that's the case, but I think that's why he plays like that. Yeah, I mean, I don't blame him, man, because, yo, I thought his, you know, everyone thought his career was done. Like, the way he got hurt Mm -hmm. so many times, it's like, damn, everyone felt bad for Derrick Rose, because it's like, we saw him killing. He used to kill us when he was on the Bulls. Oh, yeah. He was a beast. Yeah. Yeah. 
to kill us. But, you know, it, I mean, I, I still think it was a good play for the Knicks to go out and get him. Because once again, Alfred Payton, you know, he does his thing as a point guard, but he's sort of like a game manager. He does not, mm -hmm. he's not really a threat to score. Even though once he goes in the lane, he has probably like an open floater or a jump shot. He just, he's not a good finisher at the rim. He was like that in Orlando. Just he doesn't really finish at the rim like that. Yeah. Like that's, that's, that's the real yeah, issue I, with him. Yeah, I, I'm kind of happy with, I'm kind of happy with Payton because you could see that he's trying to be aggressive mm -hmm. and he takes advantage, especially when he sees that there's no big centers or there's a small point guard on him. He takes advantage of that situation. He's like, you know what? I could beast on these guys now because there's no guard that's going to be bigger and stronger than me. And there's no center that's going to be able to stop me. And he goes, he goes in. That's why he has those big games. I think because he's, he recognized the situation, like, oh, I could take advantage now. Yeah. But yeah, you, you, you're right, though. You're right. He, he, needs to, he needs to be more better driving to the basket if that's going to be his bread and butter. Does not finish. I mean, that was a major issue. He used to get benched over that in Orlando. Uh, like, his, mm -hmm. his finishing skills was not that good. You know, and mm -hmm. like, you know, he's, he was, just wasn't a, really a real threat to score. It was like, you know... He was sort of in cruise control, but then when what's his name Anthony Davis got hurt in uh in the in the Pelicans, and then uh, mm -hmm. Alfred Payton came back off an of injury. Him and Randall was killing for like a week straight. There was a stretch where it was like they was both killing. I think that's why the Knicks had gotten both of them at the same time, thinking that they could just duplicate that on the team. But like it's crazy because the way him and Alfred Payton played together. It was looking flawless in, in that in that last year in uh in um in New Orleans when Anthony Davis got hurt. I mean, freaking mm -hmm. Alfred Payton was getting like 18, 20 assists a game. That's how that's how much mm -hmm. him and Randall was killing. But I'm surprised like they they don't they don't play anything similar now that they're on the Knicks. Even with Tibbs, they don't play like that. I'm just wondering, mm -hmm. like you said, with the pace being slow, I don't know if it's that, but they play nothing like that, which is shocking. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, no. it is what it is. What do, you, what do you also think about the, the the tanking situation? You think uh, you think that really works, especially in this era? Oh, uh, you know, I was a big fan of the tanking a few years ago because I was like, the Knicks need to rebuild the draft. I, if if they're gonna stink, all right, cool, stink, but let's get this draft picks and we got the hit. Number one, man, sorry, we got to hit. So I'm so I'm so happy that we got the guy from Utah, um, the the yeah. NBA scout. Yeah, uh, Scott Perriman or something like that. Scott Perriman. No, Perriman, no, 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 I think it's Perriman. Yeah, so I'm, yeah. I'm happy we got him because you know we need to start hitting on these draft picks. I think and, I, th I think it's him. We 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 got two guys. The, the guy you're talking about from Utah, and we also got another guy from OKC. We got both of them as scouts. Right, right. That to me, to me, to be honest with you, bro, that's the number one key for the Knicks to change their organization around. They need to get the scouts mm -hmm. that's going to find these players to change everything around because you know free agents is not going to come to the Knicks. Nobody wants to come to the Knicks. So you know what we need to do? We need to get these players from college. That's going to be happy 
just to be in the league, and they're going to be playing for New York. So we need to hit on these draft picks. Nah, I mean, guys, so I'm so happy that we got that guy from Utah and um, Oklahoma City. I, I agree with you there. The only thing I don't agree with is um the, the players not wanting to come with the Knicks. I think that's more media narrative, man. Especially, like, this year alone, that everyone clearly sees his direction. I think, you know, because, you know, the media got beef with James Dolan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they, they it's, it's a personal beef. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, you know, they, they sort of create these narratives around the Knicks to stop James Dolan from being, you know, in the Knicks successful. So, that, that, right. you know, it's almost like the, the Knicks and the fan base has to... You know, have fight over the Knicks opponents and the media. It's like double the work. Mm-hmm. This shit makes no sense. No other franchise deals with this type of shit, where the media sabotages the team. Um, I, I believe it because I used to live in um, Orlando, Virginia, Philadelphia. <laughs> I used to never hear this criticism for their teams. They'd be like, "Oh, they lost." Okay. On to the next story. <laughs> so New York is more specified. It's more like big time. Yeah, you know? that, yeah, that's because I don't James, know why it's the case. But nah, it's, yeah. it's the case because James Dolan, he's like because he owns the building. So like, if he don't like media members, he would kick them out. He would block them from coming in the, in the arena. So they took that personally. You know how the media is, man. You attack one of them, they're gonna come after you on, on some like Illuminati shit. <laughs> They're going to come after you. And and that's they basically yeah. do that to James Dolan. They they sabotage the Knicks because they don't want him to be successful. Like, when you think about even this year, the Knicks got, well, like, we got the seventh pick or eighth pick. I forgot what we got. Mm-hmm. But they made such a big deal out of the pick that we got, which made no sense in a draft that no one knew who was even going to go in the top three. And then they didn't even make a big deal out of the Minnesota Timberwolves having already two first overall picks on their squad. And them having to pick again first overall. Like, it's like, yo, why are I even in that position? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. They got no mm-hmm. criticism at all, but yet we get criticism. And we'd even have, and they had a worse record than we did. Yeah. That yeah. shit didn't make any sense to me. So I'm like, you know, everything is like aimed at Dolan. Some of the fan base buys into it, but it's like, yo, they personally have a beef with this dude. Like, the people. Especially the Daily News. Whoever used to work there, they probably work at ESPN, and they still beefing with dude. Like, they yeah, have a I, personal, I think, um, they have a personal name, beef um, with this guy. What's this guy's name? Uh, he, he, oh, I forgot his name now. But he worked at Daily News, and he's um currently working for ESPN because I've seen him on the TV show where um and uh I forgot the game show now. But yeah, he works for ESPN. He had beef with um, James Dolan. Yeah, there's a lot. Yo, believe it or not, there's a lot of them. Like Max Kellerman is another one of them. He, he said that he worked at a media company and James Dolan tried to silence them. Like, yeah, man, they take that personally, man, and they, they switch up and they, 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 they make their attacks. It's not necessarily about the Knicks team. It's really about Dolan, but the team end up suffering because of it. That's the real story. Yeah. It's not really the yeah. Knicks is like in a conundrum. It's like... Yo, they're and, and it's, kind of, it's kind of messed up because you see, even though right now the Rangers are not doing too good this year, but the Rangers been doing good, and James Stone is the owner of the Rangers, so you know it's not that he's a bad owner and and the Rangers can't do good because he's the owner. They've been doing good. 
So that's all bullcrap. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, like, how many guys have you seen came to the team, and it's like they never got love around the league until like you know like until they got you know until, until they play for the Knicks like they got love around the league but the love was different when they came to New York they're like wow this is some like extra shit like yeah. players eyes be getting all glossy and shit when they talk about the Knicks like come on you see Amari yeah. you see even Austin Rivers man he's like wow like yo like dudes want to come here Austin man Rivers? they want to come here you remember, you, you remember Michael Beasley Michael Beasley yeah like dudes want to come here man uh, Derek Williams yeah, but they you... come to the team and and they do good for a while, and people are like, wow, this guy is awesome. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So New York New York fans recognize when you tried your best and you put your foot in and you come out with full effort, they recognize that. You know? Yep, yep. Look at look at Jeremy Lin, like. They try to duplicate Jeremy that. Lin, yeah. They try to duplicate Word. the Lin sanity in other cities, man. Even in Houston, they have the Chinese market in Houston. They try to imitate New York Lin sanity. Never even came close to it. Mm-hmm. Never came. That's how much the franchise is. It has like you know this kind of magical thing around the franchise. It's like it can't be duplicated. The players know that, but it's like at the end of the day, the players ask themselves, "Yo, they're gonna scrutinize me because they're beefing with this dude, James Dolan." <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like you, I, you I, almost I, like a casualty. I that. <laughs> that shouldn't. Be, I'm sorry to curse, but that makes no sense, man. Yeah, man. It really doesn't. You're gonna become a casualty because of Dolan. Like the players, like fuck, man. I'm not gonna be the fall guy because they're beefing with James Dolan. Yeah. <laughs> it's like damn. You know what I mean? So how how you feel about um everybody going to Brooklyn? <laughs> you know, all the stars going to Brooklyn. I mean, you know. I mean, at the end of the day, those guys, you know, they're stars, but they're not really, you know, like, they're not really, like, trendsetters, you know what I'm saying? They're not, like, they don't really transcend the game like that, like, as far as, like, the fan base having influence. They're nice. Like, Kevin Durant is probably, talent-wise, the most transcendent, but he he's not influential or anything like that. He's not influencing guys mm-hmm. like, oh, my God, Brooklyn, like, nobody's thinking like that, you know what I mean? Like, they think that they have that power, but they really don't. Kyrie is really yeah. Kyrie's skill set is 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 crazy, but he's sometimes a bit quirky. Even though he it probably comes yeah. from a good place, but he's sometimes quirky. But nobody's you know really like oh Kyrie you know put Brooklyn on the map. It's like nah, not really. Like if those guys were doing what they're doing at Master Square Garden, <laughs> the, the love for New York alone oh, would block yeah. any type of would block any type <laughs> of negative media coverage they get. They wouldn't even care. They don't even realize. <laughs> they nah, don't even I, realize how big it would be. <laughs> yeah, I just, I just don't think. But you know, I don't think. You know, personally, they're not really built for, it, especially James Harden. They're not built to come here like, like that. James Harden is like, you know, he want to go to his little strip clubs afterwards. You know, some of these guys are low key, man. Like Kevin Durant, when he had mentioned Brooklyn, he kept saying low key, low key. Yeah, so right there, yeah, you yeah, know what he wants. Yeah. Like he doesn't want to really be seen like that. He just wants to play ball and. Just be done with it, like. But yeah. you know, being in New yeah, York is it, not like it's that. Cra- it's crazy because I'm a I'm a New York Yankee fan, and everybody wants to go to the Yankees because they want to be, you know, they want to be known. They want to be mm-hmm. part of the history. But I think with the Knicks, they don't have. The, to be honest, the Knicks don't have no history. 
They only won two championships in the 70s. So people are like, what the hell? I'm not going to play for that team. But if they was to bring the Knicks back, you know how big that would be? Nah, no, definitely, definitely would be big. But, I mean, the Knicks do have history because the city is a basketball city. Like, everyone really mm. cares about the squad. Like, dudes will go around and, and cheer for, like, you know, the, 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 the fifth guy off the bench because, you know, he right, brings right. in hustle. Yeah, like, you're right, you're right. Other franchises don't have stuff like that. Like, nowhere near that. Like, Steve Novak, he could tell you he he probably got the most love when he came to the Knicks. He was like, other franchises, yeah, they I'm sorry, two shits you. about me. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's yeah, the energy, man. man. The energy can't yeah, be duplicated. They, they, uh, that's what I'm saying. These guys don't understand, man. They went to Brooklyn, and they don't understand. If you bring the Knicks back, that's that shit's going to be big. It's going to be big around the world because everybody knows New York. I don't care if you're in, in, if you're in Japan. They're going to know New York. Mm-hmm. Oh, these guys, they, these guys is great. They play for Brooklyn. Yeah, they play for Brooklyn. But if they play for the New York Knicks, they're going to play. You know, even kids that don't watch the sport, will be like, wow, that's New York. And Kevin Durant is one of the best players playing for New York. I got to watch this. You know what I'm saying? It's like the Los Angeles Lakers. It's the same thing. But but, but playing for those franchises come with a pressure that not everybody's built for. I don't think James Harden, Mm -hmm. um, Kyrie, or Kevin Durant, I don't want to say they're not built for it. I I I know James Harden ain't built for it. But I want to say Kyrie and Kevin Durant, they don't want to deal with that type of pressure. They don't want to just mm-hmm. deal with the nagging parts of it. Because even look in Brooklyn, nobody really pressed them like that for anything. They kind of created their own negative energy. Like, you know, Kyrie especially. It's like no one was really getting at you for anything. You sort of created a, a scenario. Yeah. So it's like, but but for, for the Knicks, you have to, there's a pressure on your shoulders. Whether you like yeah, to you admit it or to, not, you have to be there. <laughs> yeah, you there's no cor- it out. there's no corn now. <laughs> no days off. Yeah. You gotta be here. Oh my, yo, can you imagine if Kyrie did what he did playing for the Knicks? Wow, nah, that's gonna be big time. Wow, big time. What, what's wrong with him? What's going on? Man, they would have found yeah. him. They would have found him on like the A train with a black eye, man. They would have found him homeless <laughs> in the A train with a black eye. Yo, yeah. can you imagine that? Oh my God. Nah, you can't do that. <laughs> they let him slide because the the, the Brooklyn Nets, that's a, like sort of like a, a small market, you know, I don't want to say small yeah, market like franchise, but secondary. that's like a, a sister franchise, man. You know what I mean? Secondary, uh, secondary franchise. Like, yeah, okay, go over there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, at the end of the day, especially Kevin Durant, man, he tried to go out of his way and say, yo, the Knicks ain't cool. It's like, dude, you can't be telling... New York City was cool. Nobody looking at you thinking what's cool. They just look at you and say, yo, that dude is mad talented. But they're not saying, yo, I, I want to dress like Kevin Durant or, you know, I, li- I like Kevin Durant's style. Nobody's saying that. Like, I don't know why Kevin Durant is going out of his way to say the Knicks ain't cool. That shit wasn't, you know, that shit was weak sauce. Yeah, that's true. You see the, uh, Emmanuel quickly, he's doing, he's doing super good. Mm-hmm. And Julius Randle, it's an all, but to me, he's an all star. 
everybody's talking about those two guys. Mm-hmm. Especially I, I don't quickly. Hear really, too much about Brooklyn. Yeah, but and it, Kevin Durant. But 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 look, look at quickly, quickly. He's like he wasn't even like you know he's like the twentieth pick. The way they talk about him and his popularity, you would swear he was like the fifth or maybe sixth, seventh, or maybe even third overall pick. He gets talked about right. more than some of these guys that was definitely like a top four or five pick. Right, right. You know, like his popularity is like he gets way more love. And he's like, damn, I'm a 20th pick. I get more love than some of these guys that were like, especially the, that, that fifth pick or fourth pick that went to the Hawks. Like, people don't even talk about this guy. Yeah. Who was that? I don't even know. Like, they, they, they picked some really young dude. I forgot his name, but, yeah, it's like, uh, it is what it is. But, yeah, but what do you think about the Knicks heading on tonight against the, the Minnesota Timberwolves, a.k.a., you know, a bunch of first overall picks with no direction? <laughs> I, I, I think... This I think this game right now today, um, I don't know. I, I think the Knicks might lose because you know how they are when they play against weaker teams. They they're very streaky, so you can't really say oh they're gonna win the game because they're very streaky. Yeah. But I think I think I think they could beat the Timberwolves tonight. Hope so because we can't be dropping those easy ass games like you know we really dropped one in Orlando and it's like you know we kind of gotta hold on yeah because I there's other teams gunning <laughs> yeah Orlando. there's other teams gunning for the spots that you know we're trying to occupy like the Toronto Raptors the Miami Heat you know Jimmy Butler about to be on his grind because you know Pat Riley about to run him through the the, the, the sweatshop the Miami Heat sweatshop and put him to work because <laughs> Miami's <laughs> not playing. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I, I, I think I think the Knicks win tonight. It's just that if 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 they're gonna be focused, mm-hmm. and, you know, pay attention to every detail and play defense. I think they got this game. Yeah, I hope so, man. I hope so. I don't want them to start because you know sometimes with the Knicks, I see that they they play really hard against the good teams, and then the teams that that they think they could beat. They sort of downplay it. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. I hate right, that. Right. I was like, oh, exactly. we doing one of these tonight? <laughs> well, I'm like, I'm, they can't let their guard down. They got to play focus, play these guys like they're the champions. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, they should sure. win tonight. Yeah. They should win tonight. If they play like that, play focus like they're the champs, they should win. Yeah, for sure. All right, EJ, I appreciate you calling. It's almost tip-off. I'm about to just, like, drop a few last-minute messages on here, and then I'm about to, like, watch the game. I appreciate you calling. Definitely, um, I'll definitely shoot you an email because you're basically signed up for the email list on future shows. So I appreciate you calling. Yeah, cool, man. Yo, I love your, I love your videos, man. You're doing a great job, my brother. Yo, yo, appreciate it, man. Appreciate it. You stay safe out there in these Rona streets. All right. You too, brother. All right. Peace. Alright, right, fellas, it's almost tip-off time I'm just gonna leave uh, A few gems right now uh, Guys, definitely check out the playlist If you want uh, more videos There's videos around the league I made a playlist on this channel On the videos that I made around the league Just things, you know People miss here and there I figure it's more important to talk about 
you guys probably don't even know that. I never really promoted these playlists, but they've been on the channel for a minute. Definitely check that out. Um, this stream is also available on some streaming platforms, Apple Music, Google, I'm mean, not Apple Music, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Audio Mac. If you guys want to listen to it on the go, it is what it is. You guys enjoy the game. And May 4th, shout out to you, man, dropping them gems, leaving them essays in the comments. Yo, the kid from BK, I'm, I'm definitely not going to cop that Kevin Rand deodorant. <laughs> but you guys also check out the other channel, Orange Cookies. And you guys enjoy the game tonight. You guys stay safe. Peace. 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 Peace.